Welcome in. What's right with Nick Wright? Episode 142. Ton to do. Massive week in our household. I have some important family business to handle at the end of the show. Before we before we do the listener questions, we'll do that at the end of the show. Uh, but we got to get right into it today. Diora is here. She's my 17, soon to be 18-year-old daughter. Some of her family business will be discussed at the end of the show as well, as this is a wild week and a very important day in the right family household. But we had play-in games last night. We have 14 sixteenths of the playoff set. We're going to play a confidence game. Today is an anniversary in the NBA, as well as a personal anniversary. I'll get to that in a moment. But first, what did not make the show, not on the show today, Saquon Barkley doesn't sign his franchise tag. That's not surprising. I think he'll play, but I don't think he's going to show up for a while. Jake Paul and Nate Diaz boxing match booked. I, it's not possible for me to be less interested in anything Jake not Paul. Not a Jake related. Paul fan. Do you like Jake Paul? I used to be, I used to be, uh, you know, a Jake Paul fan. I used to watch the Team 10 videos. Okay. I don't know what that is. I, you know, he's now a professional boxer. I'm not I'm a professional, but I do know that he boxes. Yeah, no, no. I mean, he's, but he is a professional boxer. He fights in professional fights. Uh, but then he got into it with my buddy Bamani. He seems like a jerk. I'm not a Jake Paul guy. Uh, USC hiring Cliff Kingsbury and bonus missed the show. Diora got me to finally take the TikTok plunge. So if you want to follow let's, me there, what? Let's also mention that you've had TikTok since November. I've you had kept t- saying that you were going to do things on it and have not. I have not so. done anything on it, but I will start now. You can follow me on there at Get Nick Wright. Funny moment. Diora and I signed up for TikTok. Well, she signed me up for TikTok in November on the way to a Nets game. On the way back from a Nets game. On the way game. back from a Nets game. Thank you for that important clarification for the audience. And so the and I said, I was like, I'm not going to really post much until I get verified. And Diora said, well. It took him a week. You're not going to get verified until you have this many videos and do this. And I was like, eh, I don't think so. She's like, I know how TikTok works. I've been that is so not true. Since I was a since he's like making up things and right then, now. you know, within a few what? days, that all happened. All right. By the way, speaking of important anniversaries, today is the seven-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's final game in the NBA. We're going to get to the actual show in just a moment, but I didn't realize that game was today until I was scrolling Twitter and I saw the highlights from it. And when you go back and look at what Kobe did in that game, it is actually, I think, underrated how crazy that was. He was having a really good game, but his team, it was 75-66 Jazz at the end of three quarters. And Kobe, again, he had up to that point because he had, I think, 37 points. So it was really impressive. But it was like, okay, they're going to lose. He's going to have somewhere in the 40s. And then Kobe Bryant in his final game ever, not only scored 23 in the fourth to finish with 60, but the way the game ended, it's 94-84 Jazz with three minutes left. And then Kobe gets a layup. Kobe gets two free throws. Kobe gets a layup. Kobe hits a jumper. And they're down four with a minute left. 
Kobe hits a three, hits a jumper, hits some free throws, and they he gets 60 and they win. It was, that was a sports movie scene. And I remember it vividly. I had just moved to Los Angeles. I was starting my job with Fox that week. And it it was unbelievable what we were seeing. It was also the night the Warriors got their 73rd win. How'd that season end for? Ah, with LeBron sending them home and Draymond crying. More on that later. But it was seven years ago today. And then a few years ago, obviously, we lost Kobe. But what an unbelievable moment that does not feel like it was seven years ago. All right, Diora, let's get to the actual show starting with last night's plan. Okay, the play-in tournament is almost wrapped up. In the early game, you had the Bulls versus the Raptors headlining DR DeRozan's free throw defense. Okay, so let's so DR, by the way, that's the first person I've never met another Diora. This is the closest I've come really? to I've met I've met Diors, but I've never heard DR. You've met Diors? Yeah, you've never met someone named Dior? Yeah, like the Christian Dior, like that type of as a first name, but set that aside. If you didn't watch DeMar DeRozan's daughter screamed every time the Raptors shot a free throw. Now, we go to Nets games, and there's that old man, the Mr. Whammy, who does the tries to jinx the opposing team. And statistically, it actually seems to have a tiny effect. This appeared to have a massive effect. The Raptors missed 18 free throws of their 36, half of them. And so now... Before we get to the other game, the more interesting game, this is where I'm going to give the controversial opinion. You guys can start the clock and throw the rundown up there because we're going. We're we're off and running. Uh, this is where I'm going to give an unpopular take. Uh-oh. The NBA's got to step in. You can't let this happen again. What do you mean? You can't have... Little kids screaming. You so can. Okay, so here's the thing. Again, I said it's going to be unpopular. I'm going to use what's going to sound like an odd analogy. The Philadelphia Eagles this year, en route to the Super Bowl, kind of hacked the quarterback sneak. They put the they, Jalen Hurts, their quarterback, in the backfield. They then get two guys behind him and they all push him in a rugby scrum. The NFL had the opportunity to outlaw that this offseason. They didn't. They're like, ah, the Eagles are good at it. Other teams can catch up. Why outlaw it? Here's why you outlaw it. Because if any team gets good enough at that to where instead of getting two yards every time, they get four yards every time, the sport is ruined. You just run the most boring aesthetically unpleasing play imaginable, a rugby scrum all the way down the field. You obviously can't have that. That's obviously bad for business. So the NFL, in my opinion, should jump in. One little girl at one playoff game, one time screaming at every free throw, no problem. But it worked. If all of a sudden now, Every NBA broadcast, every NBA game you go to, whenever the opposing team is shooting free throws, all the children in the crowd are screaming at the top of their lungs. That ain't good for business. That's a sports game, though. A sports game. I understand. No, that's what happens at 
yeah. sports games. Like, yeah. you can't just decide that, like, nah, the free speech is over. Like, it's done. Oh, you done. can, though. You can. It, it, uh, it is uh, entertainment enterprise, and it's bad for television. It's bad for the paying customers. it's entertaining customer. for the people that are at the game. Uh, here's the thing. I don't think it would be. I think it would be maddening. So, or like at high school games, like I know it's like not even close to the yeah, same level. Yeah. But everyone screams on free throws. Yeah. And it's maddening. This is actually the example I'm using. The high school people that students that are. I totally disagree. I, with you I, on this. Well, you know what? I said it was going to be an unpopular opinion. This is one of those unpopular opinions I have that I know is right. Today, everyone is going right. to be applauding Diarda Rosen, and they should. She helped her dad. She's adorable. It was a great job by her. I'm telling you, and I don't usually like the slippery slope argument, but if this turns into a trend, it already a, is it, a trend. But though. not again. I think you've got to like see the actual video from the game. It's not regular yelling or trying to distract the opponent. It is a shrill childlike scream. I'm going to use another child example that I was, it was an unpopular opinion involving children of NBA players. And I did it a, eight years ago and I was proven correct. So Steph Curry kind of started this trend. I'm going to bring my adorable children at the time it was just child. One kid Riley to my press conferences. Everyone loved it. Steph was the face of the league. He was always winning. He had this amazing little girl sitting with him at press conferences. We all thought, or everyone seemed to think, this is great. And I had the brave, unpopular opinion. Yeah, you're at work. Probably not the time to have your little kid at the podium. Nick, why do you think that? Well. After you win a championship, no problem. Even after you win a game and everyone's applauding you, no problem. But I saw the train coming down the tracks of guys who team had just lost or were embroiled in a slight controversy or had played poorly, bringing their children to their press conferences and there being a chilling effect from the media on what questions are, can I ask the guy about the game that's losing probably why turnover. they did it. Exactly, that's why they did it. Which is, it was- you can't be mean to me, my kids with Exactly me. right. Using that's children just fine. as a shield. It is not fine. I can't, now I actually did this as a gag once, but I can't, uh, Nick doesn't like kids anywhere. I like, I love children, but I'm telling you, really does I can't the day after, let's say the Warriors were to win the title this year. And I look like a fool. I can't show up at first things first with Deanna on my lap. Like, oh, guys, you can't make fun of me. My kids are here. Now, when the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl, I actually did start the TV show exactly like that as a gag. Like, I called it pulling the Steph Curry. Uh, but I'm just telling you, just guys, everyone right now is going to say this is a terrible opinion. Let's just wait and see how the rest of these playoffs play out. And if all of a sudden you're watching a game, you're like, God dog it. They won't stop screaming. Just remember who was first on it. All right. What's the other game that we, the more interesting game we have to talk about? Go ahead. Okay. 
And uh, Josh Giddy, who I'm supposed to say Timothy Chalamet, but he looks nothing like Tim- Timothy Chalamet. See, I thought he did look like Timothy Chalamet, but that's fine. But go ahead. Anyways, mm-hmm. ne- jo- Josh Giddy nearly a triple double. That, yeah, that was my line. Oh, okay. I apologize. I didn't know if you knew where we were in the script. Go ahead. I know where. What's we your were. question? Um, which of these teams has the best chance at making the playoffs? Oh, I think the Thunder. I think the Heat are going to beat the Bulls. I like the Thunder's team. I mean, Shea was excellent. Shea's been all NBA caliber all year. Giddy's a good player. Now, the neither none of these teams have a great chance in the eight versus one against Milwaukee or Denver. But I do think Oklahoma City could cause some problems for Denver that Minnesota couldn't. And I got to give Oklahoma City credit. Everyone killed Sam Presti for tanking and all of it. Man, they made the playoffs a few years ago with Chris Paul. They are now, I mean, in the bubble, they made the playoffs. They then had two years in the wilderness. And now they are a game away from being back in the playoffs. They have all these future picks. They will have Chet, who I'm not a believer in, but they will have Chet coming back. And Shea is a legit top 12 player in the league now. Legit. And Giddy's really good. So, I like, like you look at their team, they actually, oddly, Diora, have two rookies named Jalen Williams. One is the same exact name. The good Jalen Williams is really good. The good Jalen. Well, the other one's fine, but they have either. That's like how I have Steph Curry and then Baby Curry. Well, yeah, except those, they're not. Except they have different names. These two guys have the exact same name. And they, they play basically for the same have team. the same name. Steph and Seth. Yeah, but at least they play for different teams. And But you're right. There's One is awesome. And the other is just a fine player. But the good Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams with no Y, is going to finish top three in rookie of the year. They have Chet coming back. I like Lou Dort. I like what they're building in OKC. I would like to see them beat the Timberwolves and see where they can go from there. All right, next. Okay. You, um, LeBron and the Lakers are officially in the playoffs after an ugly win. Mm -hmm. The Lakers are lucky Minnesota didn't have Gobert. And be honest, you can't be confident in your Lakers championship pick after that game. All right. So here's the thing. That seems to be the general consensus. Oh, man. Lakers look shaky. Lakers got lucky. Here's the counterpoint to that. We saw that even though he did wear down significantly at the end, LeBron played 45 minutes at age 38 and year 20 and was the best player on his team. Now, the final five minutes, he looked exhausted, but he's not going to have to play 45 minutes, maybe one more time the entire postseason. So I felt good about that. The Lakers' ability to get to the free throw line, which they did at a better rate than any team in the league all regular season, that translated to a playoff atmosphere. Felt good about that. The Lakers need oddly important guy for this playoff run is Rui Hachimura because he's their only backup big that I, I don't trust Winnie and Gabriel at all. Rui Hachimura was playing crunch time for them. Liked that. AD was super aggressive, liked that. So was it perfect? No. Does Darvin Ham's playoff rotations concern me a bit? Sure. 
But now they get almost a week of rest. They get a Memphis team that I think they match up incredibly well with for no other reason than because Steven Adams is out, because Brandon Clark is out, Memphis has one great defensive big, Jaron Jackson Jr., but he fouls more per minute than any player in the league. The Lakers draw fouls more, so he will be in the same type of foul trouble Carl Anthony Towns is. So I actually, I, it was not like an overwhelming 25-point victory. But the fact that they came back from 15 down, LeBron was able to play 45 minutes and still, again, in overtime, he was worn out. But at 40 minutes, he made the three to tie the game with two minutes left, made the play that should have been to win the game, hitting Schroeder in the corner. I actually feel good about where they are. Had they lost that game and had to play again Friday and then start the playoffs Sunday in Denver, it's a different story. Now, with all that said, I would expect them to lose Sunday. I, Memphis is totally rested, and LeBron treats game ones of playoff series as what he calls feel-out games, see what the defense is going to try to do, not totally exert his, himself. Now, if they do win, however, on Sunday against the Grizzlies, the series is over. Here's an unbelievable stat for you. LeBron James has played 39 series. No, he's won 39 series in his career. He's 39 and 11 in playoff series. When they lose game one, he's 12 and nine. So he has a winning record in the playoffs when losing game one. When his team wins game one, they are 27 and two. Almost unbeatable. The two losses, by the way, are probably the two worst series of LeBron's career. His final series with the Cavs the first time around against the Celtics, where people said game five, he quit. And the finals against the Mavs, which was the worst series of his career, where he seemed to have some type of mental short circuit. Those are the only two series of his career where his team won game one and they didn't and they didn't win the series. So Memphis has to win game 1. I don't feel the Lakers have to. It's a three-point line. Memphis probably should win that game. I like the Lakers chances in that series. All right, next. Okay. You asked us to remind you to do a LeBron best case worst case debate today. Yeah. Even though like I'm sure you would have forgot to talk about LeBron okay. in the show. But um now that the goat has escaped the play in, uh-huh. what are his best and worst case scenarios this put postseason okay so you're fine so here's why i wanted to do it because we are so illogical when it comes to certain sports things most notably when it comes a lot of it has to do with lebron but it has to do with what we reward and what we penalize so does everyone agree Rhetorical question. That the best case for LeBron is to win the championship. Of course. What is the second best case? If you don't win the title, what is the best thing you can do other than win the title? You're not a diehard sports fan. What do you think the answer would be? If you don't win the championship, what's the next best thing you could do? Go ahead. Just give it a guess. You don't even want to give it a guess. No problem. I mean, just like 
Go ahead. No, no. Okay. You want to do it? Here's the thing. It's obvious. The answer is make it to the championship and then fall short. That would be the second best. The third best would be make it to the conference finals and fall short. Like win as much as you can is and win it all is the best. Win the second most is second best, so on and so forth. But that's not how we do the basketball discussion. The basketball discussion that we constantly have when it comes to LeBron is losing record in the finals, four and six in the finals. And for many people, they believe somehow it would be better if LeBron were four and oh in the finals. Why? Well, Jordan was six and oh in the finals. And so. Because for some reason, we have changed the math on stuff that if you're not going to win the championship, you are better off losing early than losing late. You are better off being eliminated in round one or two or three than winning those rounds and then being eliminated in the finals. And that's all in service of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan played 15 seasons in the league. Six of those, he won the championship. Two of those, he lost in the conference finals. Two of those, he lost, I'm sorry, three of those, he lost in round two. Three of those, he lost in round one. Two of those, he didn't even make the playoffs. But folks, somehow have convinced themselves that it was good for Jordan to lose to the Pistons in the conference finals rather than beat the Pistons and then lose to the Lakers in the NBA finals. That it was good for Jordan to lose to the Magic in round two rather than beat the Magic and then lose to the Rockets in the NBA finals. Which then means You know what was bad for LeBron? In 2007, scoring 48 points and carrying the the Cavs, one of the worst teams to ever make the championship, past the Detroit Pistons. Because if he had lost that game, he wouldn't be four and six in the finals. He'd be four and five in the finals. And you know what was bad? Because they wouldn't have made the finals. You know what was bad for LeBron? When he scored 80 points in consecutive games, in 2018, with no Kyrie, with Kevin Love hurt, including a game seven on the road where he's played all 48 minutes to come back from 3-2 down against the Celtics, that was bad for his legacy because if he had just lost one of those games, he wouldn't have then played the 2018 Warriors in the NBA Finals, and he'd be have one fewer Finals loss. So if you are a four and six in the Finals doofus, then you've got to say it is better for LeBron to lose in round one to the Grizzlies than beat the Grizzlies and then beat the Warriors or the Kings and then beat the Suns and then lose to Giannis in the finals. Because then he'd be four and seven. It's idiotic on its face but people truly believe it. 
And the reason they believe it is because folks don't want to have this discussion. Career round one of the playoffs. LeBron is 14 and one. Michael Jordan, career round one. I'll give it to you right now. I had it earlier and I, I don't want to be wrong on this because I'm so strident. LeBron 14 and one in round one. Jordan 10 and three. Career round two of the playoffs. LeBron 11 and three. Jordan eight and two. Career conference finals record. The round you got to play to make the championship. LeBron in conference finals, 10 and 1. It should be noted, the one conference finals he ever lost. He had a buzzer beater to win one of their games, and he averaged for the series 38 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, and they lost to Dwight Howard and the Magic in 2010. But in the conference finals, 10 and 1. Jordan, 6 and 2. It would be real easy. It would have been easier. For LeBron to just, we can go through it. In 07, lose in the conference finals, play worse, and not make those finals. In 2011, lose in the second round of Boston. In 2014, lose in, well, who would they have had to lose to in 2014? Lose to Toronto in the conference finals. In 2016, 2015, pardon me. Lose to the 60 win Hawks in 2018. Lose to the, or 2017, pardon me. Lose to the, 2017 would have been, sorry, I'm oh, Dior just lost her earpiece. We'll get that in a second. Uh, lose to the Celtics in, in, in 2018. Lose all those and be 4 0 in the NBA Finals. Lose, so, the reason I wanted to bring this up was if you believe that 4 and 0 in the finals would be better than 4 and 6 in the finals a I don't think you understand any basic elementary level logic test and b you've got to say to yourself if the, let's say the Lakers beat the Grizzlies and then win in round 2 and then they're playing, they have a game seven against Kevin Durant in the Western Conference Finals. And on the other side of the bracket is the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis looks unstoppable. That there is a scenario where what you are arguing is for LeBron's legacy, he would be better off losing a game seven Western Conference Finals than winning it if that then prevents him from getting another finals loss. A loss should never be rewarded more than a victory. You want to argue 6-0 and in the finals is more impressive than 4-6 and in the finals? I'll listen to it. It makes a lot of sense. But you want to argue 4-0 and in the finals would be better than 4-6 and in the finals? You're a dope. All right, Dewar, what's our last topic? Okay, the 4-5 matchup in the in the West is juicy. Mm -hmm. Even if Russ says him and Katie don't have beef, yeah. both Kawhi and Katie once had a claim as the best player in basketball. Yeah, I don't know that Kawhi, that either one of them actually ever have had that claim. Oh, Katie right. closer than Kawhi. 
Kawhi, Kawhi was the best player for one playoff series. I'm sure or, some people or one playoff run. on that The one. Kawhi thing, I was proven correct on. The KD thing, maybe he had a claim. I, I disagree with it, but go ahead. Could either of them get back to the level? That level. To that level by taking the other out? No, you. It, neither one of them can become the best player in basketball by winning this first round series. Kevin Durant, I believe, can claim the title of best player in basketball if round one Over LeBron. Well, LeBron's not the best player anymore. LeBron's best player ever, but right now the best player in basketball is Giannis. The I mean, LeBron's in year twenty; he's older. He's still a top ten guy, but he's not. The Giannis has been the best player in basketball, in my opinion, for the last four years, three years at least. If Durant does this, beats Kawhi in the Clippers, then beats Jokic in round two, then beats in round three, either LeBron's team or Steph's team, and then in the NBA Finals beats Giannis, he can claim it. I think it would have been two years without Giannis winning a title, three years without Giannis winning an MVP. Durant played him to a draw uh, that series we went to. Uh, against the Nets a couple years ago, you saw in person the greatest game Kevin Durant's ever played in his life. Yeah. Game five, 2021 playoffs, 48, 17, and 10, out of this world. Uh, if he does that, I think Durant can claim it. Broussard disagreed with me on this. He said it's Giannis, and I think it's Giannis right now without a doubt. But if Durant does all that, after the season he's had of shooting 55% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the line, they haven't lost yet with the Suns. If he does that, I think he can claim best player alive. Okay. All right, we talk best playoff storylines, and we play a confidence game. But first, Dior's got a blower nose. Yeah, We really do all that badly. next. What's right? <laughs> this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges. Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com right to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot right. Your mental health journey begins here. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? I forgot to brush my hair today, so I'm just going to keep doing this. I have not yet figured out how to comb my own hair. It's really a disaster. Yeah, from, that is a bit of a from disaster. From having a shaved head my whole life, I still don't know how to do my hair. Had hair for a few years now. I know, and I've never learned. I haven't figured it out. Last, you know, your mom kind of wants me to go back to the shaved head. I refuse to let that happen. And Dior is very anti. 
I won't click Diora, you which, your head. Yeah, Diora, which kind of, you know, transitive property. What you're saying here is you think I look good like this. I think you look better like this. Better, better like this than the shaved head. Well, it, it's a pain in the ass and I don't love it. Uh, by the way, your questions and comments in the C block also this is a very important week for the right family. How many times we are you going to say that? That's called a tease. It's to, it's it's to create sticky listening and viewing habits. Sticky, yeah. So people listening. stick around. Yeah, that's you'll learn this. You know what I mean? As you get further into the business, it's to get make sure people stick around uh, through the show. Like right now, they might be like, "Gosh, I'm going to tune it out because Dior won't stop sniffling in the microphone." Guys, but... I'm really sorry. My allergies <laughs> are so bad. It's but, so frustrating. But uh, but I don't want to miss Nick's big announcement. So like that's why I'm doing it. Uh, we're also playing a game in about three minutes. But before that, we got some storylines to discuss. Go ahead, Dior. Okay, so there's been a lot of great storylines coming into these playoffs besides LeBron. Yep. You have Donovan Mitchell versus the Knicks. Mm -hmm. You have John Morant. Morant. Morant, redemption arc. And Luca facing facing off against his couch. Okay, that was unnecessary, but go ahead. What's the most tantalizing storyline in round one? So for the playoffs as a whole, there's so many. It you know LeBron chasing ring five in year twenty, mm-hmm. Steph chasing ring five to pass LeBron, Ty Kobe, the D- Durant getting his only non Warriors ring, Jokic trying to validate his MVPs and all the analytics hype, the John Morant redemption stuff you mentioned. That those are big picture what in, in the East, can Embiid who's never been to round three but is going to win the MVP, make round four, win a title. The Sixers franchise has only been to one conference finals or NBA finals since Dr. J was there. Can Giannis win the title this year? Show last year was about Middleton's injury and really solidify himself as one of the 12, 13 greatest players ever. The Celtics, and they finally get over the hump. Those are the big picture storylines. Round one, in the East, there really is only one. And that is Donovan Mitchell could have signed with the Knicks. People thought he was going to sign with the Knicks. Or the Knicks were going to trade for him, I should say. They didn't want to give up R.J. Barrett and other stuff. He ends up signing with the Cavs. The Cavs end up trading for him. And now... You have the situation where the Cavs are playing the Knicks in round one. That's the really the other. The Eastern playoffs is going to be unbelievable starting in round two. Round one, that's the only series that to me is really interesting. Out West, totally different story. Grizzlies, Lakers. Storyline there, to be honest, involves my colleague Shannon Sharp. My guy Shannon almost got into it with the Grizzlies in a regular season game. Now he's going to be courtside, I would imagine wearing beautiful Louis Vuitton sweaters and other things, mixing it up with the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks said he wants LeBron in round one. John Morant said, we're good in the West, meaning like nobody in the West scares us. That's an unbelievable storyline. Katie and Kawhi, the Clippers could have ducked the Suns. They, in my opinion, idiotically opted into playing the Suns. Okay, good luck. But it also means Russ against Kevin Durant. So that's a fun one. But the best storyline in round one 
is the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Two franchises, both of which for 30-some years seem to just be snake-bitten, bad franchises. They both had moments. The Kings with Vlade and C-Web and Bibby and got screwed. Fun names. Yeah, Vlade, Divac, Chris Webber, and Mike Bibby in the early 2000s. Going up against the Lakers, getting screwed by the refs in that game six. Page airballs the three in game seven, and they miss their moment. The, the Warriors, Baron Davis, we believe Warriors, and eight beats a one. But that was it. They were not serious franchises. And then the Warriors drafted Steph Curry, turn into a dynasty, and the Kings stay the Kings. And now... The Kings are in the playoffs for the first time in 16 years. The Warriors are trying to make their sixth finals in nine years. Trying to win the title for the fifth time. I'm sorry, the Warriors are trying to make their seventh finals in nine years and trying to win the title for the fifth time. The Warriors are the favorites even though the Kings are the home team. The Warriors are the favorites even though they've been terrible on the road all year. I. I think that is, to me, the must-watch series of round one. Warriors-Kings. I've got the Kings in seven. I've got the home team winning every single game of that series. All right, next, Dior, we're playing the confidence game. Explain it to the audience. So we have a new game for you and the audience to play along with. It's called Outpick Nick. Yeah. You will rank the 16 teams in order of how confident you are in them for every team they win. Every game they win. Every game they win, they get that amount of points. Yeah. So every game your number 16 wins, you get 16 points. So the number 16 is the team I'm most confident in. Number one is the team I'm least confident in. And we go from there, correct? Yeah. All right. So we are going to, for the purpose of this, just call, because we don't yet know who the eight seeds are. So it's gonna it's Thunder slash Timberwolves and Heat slash Bulls, but it won't change my opinion. We're gonna go least to greatest here, okay? The team that I think is most likely to win zero games in these playoffs is the Atlanta Hawks. Sorry, Atlanta. I think that is a bad matchup for you against Boston. I think Boston should sweep you. Maybe you get one game. We are slating you in to the one spot. The number two team is whoever wins the Heat-Bulls play-in game. We are going to slate you in the East 8 seed. Maybe you get one game. I think the Heat, the thing is this. I think the Heat could get a game, maybe even two. I think the Bulls could not. We don't know who it's going to be, so we're going to put them there. The number three team that I'm going to throw in there, I got to think on this one for a moment, is going to be the Brooklyn Nets. I think the Nets, I think that's a team. I know, I'm sorry. I think that's a five-game series. They're playing the Sixers. I think it's Sixers and five. So we're putting the Nets there. The number four team 
is going to be. This is tough. Wait, so you're here, putting the Knicks above the Nets. Well, I'll get to the, just not high, not much above, but it, it has to do with who you're playing. So here's the tricky part of this. Because there is like, let me give you an example. I think the Clippers, the Suns are just a horrific matchup for the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to lose in five. However, if the Suns were to get hurt or something weird happens, if the Clippers somehow were to get past the Suns, they could go on a real run because that Paul George could be back by then. So I think they're only going to win one game, but they also they have a chance of going on a real run that the Western Conference 8 seed does not, even if I think the Western Conference 8 seed might be able to take two games off of Denver. So that's where the strategy comes into this game. With that said, we're going to go ahead and throw the Western Conference 8 seed as our number four. As the team I'm next least comp, most confident. Now we've got to think for a moment. I'm going to put the Clippers at five because I think they lose 4 1. I'm going to put the Knicks at six. I think they lose either 4 1 or 4 2. Now it's really tricky because all the other teams left are good teams. And I'm this is where I'm either going to win or lose the competition. Is am I right on Warriors, Grizzlies? I'm sorry, Warriors, Kings, and Lakers, Grizzlies. I'm going to put the Grizzlies at seven because I think they are only going to win two games in this series. I am going to put the Warriors at eight because I think they are only going to win three games and then be eliminated. Now we really have to be strategic on this because I think, for example, Kings-Lakers is going to be a long series. But I also recognize there is a chance the Kings get bounced by the Warriors. I don't think it will happen but that they get bounced by the Warriors. So I don't want to have them too high. So I'm going to put the Kings at nine. I am going to put the Cavs at eight. I'm sorry, at 10, pardon me. We're doing this, you know, the more, the higher the number, the more confident I am in the team. I don't think the Cavs match up well with Milwaukee, but I do expect them to get past the Knicks. I am going to put, the Denver Nuggets at 11 and the Boston Celtics at 12. I think Denver loses to Phoenix in six. I think the Celtics lose to the Sixers in seven. A home game seven loss for Boston. So my final four is Milwaukee, Philly, Phoenix, and the Lakers. I'm going to put the Phoenix Suns at number 13. I am going to put the Milwaukee Bucks at number 14. My finals is Lakers Sixers. I have the Lakers winning it. So I will put the Philadelphia 76ers at number 15 and the Lakers at number 16. 
so there it is. There are my 16 to 1, most to least confident. It goes Lakers, Sixers, Bucks, Suns, Celtics, Nuggets, Cavs, Kings, Warriors, Grizzlies, Knicks, Clippers, whoever comes out of the West for the eight seed, the Nets, whoever comes out of the East for the eight seed, and then the Atlanta Hawks. Sorry, Trey Young and company, but congrats on beating the Heat. There is the confidence game. We answer listener questions, and I have my important family announcement. That's all next. What's right? All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? Uh, All right, so before we get to your questions and comments, this is a crazy week in our, our household. Do you mind? Can I say what you're, I, we don't have to say where if you don't want, but the big event in your life from two days ago? Thank sure. you. So Dior officially committed to a college on Tuesday. So that was Tuesday night. She does the podcast with me and commits to college. Still waiting to hear back from one. Can we say the one you're waiting to hear back from or no? Sure. She's waiting to hear back from UC Berkeley. She gets into UC Berkeley. I think that's where she's going to go. But in the meantime, she's been accepted to another school in California that she likes a lot that she is enrolled for. If anyone listening, by the way, is in charge of the, you know, UC Berkeley, you know, in admissions process, Dior writes one hell of a candidate. Sent a great audition reel. I thought the personal essay was touching and wonderful, but that's neither here nor oh. there. Uh, so that was Tuesday. Tomorrow. What about today? Wait a moment, please. Oh, okay. Tomorrow, Demonze moves to L.A. Gone. Got the apartment. Is figuring out how he's going to buy a car there. So last night, we had a big family dinner. <laughs> we did a thing that we used to do a lot in our household. And then we kind of hadn't done it in a while. And your mom said we should bring it back, which is we go around as a group and we all say a one-year goal, a five-year goal, and a 10-year goal for ourselves. And what then we also add, like a tangible item, a present, something that if, we reach our one-year goal a year from now, I then buy for the person. I gives the car, guys. I just thought... Yeah, Diora really shot for the moon there. Uh, Diora said, my one-year goal is to, quote, be doing well in college, and my one-year present <laughs> is a car. So, you know... Well, guys, <laughs> let's also point out, though, that uh-huh. I wasn't going to get a car freshman year anyway. We said, like, I could get a car for sophomore year, mm-hmm. so it was kind of already in the cards. Yeah. So I don't want everyone to think I'm just some like spoiled brat. No, it's no. And listen, you're going to look amazing driving around California in an 04 Civic. It's going to be great. I don't care and what I, car it is. The, no, I know you. Uh, and so we all did that yesterday. And then today, as it happens. And this is the part that I need you guys to go ahead and send to me, please. Today, as it happens. Is my 10 year anniversary. And this morning I was going through thousands of old pictures to try to do what is like obligatory at this point, a social media post of me and my wife over the years. Yeah, if you don't, it doesn't count. Right. It's like a big thing and like people get offended if you don't do it. But I'm terrible at picking pictures. 
And I'm oddly bad at writing captions. So instead, I want to do this here. It, and I've told this story before, so I will tell it quickly. Uh, and I'm sure my wife is sick of hearing it to a degree. But it cannot be overstated how much meeting Danielle and getting together with Danielle changed the course of my life. I was kind of a disaster. Like talented, hardworking, good at my job. Everything else in my life was a disaster. And getting with my wife is what straightened me out, is what gave me purpose. And you then add to that the bonus of, and this is just an objective opinion. This isn't you know, uh, through a husband's eyes. She's got to be one of the single most beautiful people in the entire world. And her unwavering faith in me. I don't have the Fox job. If not for the fact that I got a phone call eight years ago when we were on vacation in Sacramento saying the new president of FS1 has agreed to meet with you if you'll come there on your own dime for one 15-minute meeting. And the meeting was about me potentially getting a job with Fox Sports Radio. And the only reason I was meeting with the head of FS1 was because uh, Fox Sports Radio and FS1 working there. There's about a radio job. And I was on vacation with Danielle. And I was like, ah, she's like, so what's going on? I'm like, well, my agent just said the new president, Jamie Horowitz, would meet with me, but I got to get there on my own. He said the meeting would not be a minute longer than 15 minutes. I don't even know if it's worth it. She said, what are you talking about? He'll love you. You'll kill it. Let's go tomorrow. We can drive down. And that's what set my entire career on this course. The first time I auditioned for FS1. I called her after because it was on TV. And I'll never forget it. My whole life, I'll never forget it. She said, you're built for this shit, baby. And has always believed in me and always supported me. And I can be a handful and a lot to deal with. Yeah, and, and she has been simply the greatest partner imaginable. And she's the greatest vacation partner. She is the greatest mom. That was one of the cool, one of the best things. One of the reasons I so quickly was sure she was the person I wanted to marry was because usually, you know, obviously you and your brother were around when your mom and I got together 15 years ago. Usually when you fall in love with someone, there is still kind of the question of like, ah, will they be a good mom? But I already knew it. I had seen it firsthand. And. She's just the most remarkable woman I've ever met. And the fact that we do this podcast from her boutique that she built from the ground up that is now just a diamond in this community. And she is a Harlem superstar. It's wonderful. And in a lot of places, she is not Nick Wright's wife. I am Danielle or Bird's husband. And it's great. And I love you so much, baby.
and happy anniversary. And this is my Instagram post. Oh, how sweet. Thank you, Scoot. Uh, all right, let's read the fan. Or Diora. All right, let's read some fan questions. Uh, Zico Ramos says, question for Diora. On a scale from one to ten, how athletic is Nick? I give him a four. Okay, but what about in my prime? What about in my heyday? How would I know about that at all? I mean, you've heard stories. From only you. No, no. Great basketball player. Good at track. I, I'm sticking to a four. A four? Yeah. I think that's unfair, but whatever. I knew I'm surprised you didn't give me a one. Next, Nick, if LeBron and Pat Mahomes both invited I'm not reading that stupid question. Sorry. Uh he said if LeBron and Mahomes both invited me to a party, which one would I go to? Is the He also said love the show and a big fan of all your work. You you didn't want to include that. No, he was trying to be nice. No, to I you. know he was being nice. I shouldn't have said that was a dumb question. I just feel like that's a little I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. I should have read the question before I actually thought about the question, but I appreciate the question. Uh, question gonna, for, hey, did you yeah. answer the question? I guess the answer is LeBron. Yeah, we all know the answer is LeBron. No, because I've, I've had drinks and partied with Mahomes after the Super Bowl. You wouldn't claim that, guys. I. That's just not true. And I've never, I, I guess I had a drink with LeBron once a few years ago, but I've never like. Does he remember that? You know, I guess you'd have to ask him. But uh, I, I think the answer there is LeBron. Uh, Jagunter says, question for Diora. What is the dream acting role for you? Ooh. I've answered this before on the show. Well, what is it? I said, I said Maureen from Rent. Oh, yeah, you did. You're yeah. right. I forgot about that. My bad. Uh, Nick, what's the ceiling for this Brooklyn Nets team? I think they're a sleeper. No, I disagree. I think that they, listen, they have... They have been fine post-trade. They've treaded water, but they're, the ceiling is game six against the Sixers. They, they need a little more talent. Mikhail Bridges has been one hell of a... He's been excellent for them. I got to give him credit, but that's their ceiling. Um, Rinse and Repeat said, Diora, who are your favorite actors and actresses? That's a really good question. I really like Jenna Ortega. I really like um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Who's Jenna Ortega? What do I know her from? Uh, she played Wednesday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know Wednesday. She's Hispanic? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know the girl who played Wednesday was Hispanic. Okay, go ahead. Um, uh, I like can't think of anyone else right now. Okay, so Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Ortega. Uh, Christopher, Jenna. We'll say it again. Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega, sorry. Christopher Rodriguez says, Nick, what does a Philly early loss in the playoffs do for the legacy of Embiid, Harden, and Doc Rivers? An early loss? Well, a round one loss is a disaster for all of them. A tough round two loss to Boston, it, it doesn't really move their legacies, but that's a problem for him. Because Harden's playoff legacy is disastrous. Doc's playoff legacy post-Celtics is not great at all. Quite bad. And Embiid's about to become the first MVP in league history to have never made round three unless they make round three this year. So their legacy won't go backwards if they lose in round two. But all of those guys need it to go forwards. Uh, Coach Mystique says, Nick, with B.I. coming into his own, and the Pelicans seemingly having a solid core, is there any chance New Orleans shops Zion this offseason? 
Man, that is one of the most intriguing questions of the offseason. What is going on with Zion? What is he going to ha- be able to have an Embiid-like trajectory of injuries ruining the beginning of his career and then being mostly healthy after? He gave some really scary quotes about his mo- mental state right now. It was weird before the game. He was dunked in pregame, which he hasn't been doing, and similar to what we saw last year. I don't know. But I don't think I don't think you can I don't think you can trade Zion at his his value is the lowest it's ever been right now. So I don't think now would be the time to trade him. Uh but that is an interesting one because this team was a game out of the one seed and then he got hurt and now they're not even gonna be in the playoffs. Uh all right. By the way, on Twitter, we're gonna post my confidence game. You guys submit yours, 1 through 16, like we did with the World Cup, and we'll update the winners. Uh, Dior, you did a great job in your first week. Allergies notwithstanding. Uh, guys, it's not my fault. It's a little your fault. You didn't take your allergy pill. I mean, listen, it's part of, you know what I mean? Part no, but it's never been this bad. I no, think this it's is it's 90 degrees today. I, yeah, listen, you did great. I'm very proud of you this week. You did a wonderful job. Uh, a TV show. Aggressive? Uh, no, I I'm not. I, you did a wonderful job. TV show off tomorrow because of NASCAR, I think. But I'll see you guys on TV today at 3. Happy anniversary, baby. I love you so much. Talk to you guys uh, today at 3 o'clock. Peace.